pass from Havili was magic. The shift on for Crotty. Boom, far down you go, Quaggett Smith. Me, oh my, I have enjoyed that. Yes, boy. Sit back, relax, put your belt on, and enjoy the show. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Draft Rugby Show, the podcast they play in heaven. I'm your host, Nelson, and I have my, my trusty brother here, Harry. Harry, how you going? Good, mate. Very good. And we've got a special pod for you today. We've got Alan Ala Alatoa, who you'd know, Wallaby number 896, Brumby number. Mate, what, what Brumby number are you? Do you know that off oh, my heart? I think 241, I think. 241, there you go. Very good. Mate, test caps, I think you got 55 test caps, 115 for the Brumbies, the 85th captain for the Wallabies, three times Brett Robinson, Brumbies player, player, uh, of the year awards, they must just hand those out to to anyone these days. But how you going, Alan? Good to have you here. Well, awesome to be on, uh, mate. Yeah, no, really good, really good. Boys are gearing up for a good game tomorrow against the Reds. Um, but mate, but mate, doing really well. We're we're actually in Queensland. It's nice. It's sunny. What's it like down in Canberra? Do you guys just wish you were up here, or is it actually decent down there for once? Oh, mate, I'd rather play them over here. Too that much. Um, yeah, it's actually not too bad. Like once the sun's out, there's no better place than Canberra. Um, there's a light breeze in the morning, um, but yeah, probably a lot cooler than what Brisbane is at the moment. It's been pretty hot and humid, that's for sure. The um, yeah, yeah. the three times players player of the Brumbies is pretty incredible, mate. I'm just wondering, the only person that can throw shade at you is George Smith. I think he's got ten. Do you cop anything from him about that, or is he too nice a guy? I don't think I'm at that level to cop anything from him at the moment. <laughs> Oh, I just say, yeah, mate, mate, you're 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 too far ahead for me. Um but yeah, that's obviously like a huge honor. Um, you know, like the boys give me a bit of stick about it, saying that they just you just gotta be a good bloke to 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 win that. Um but yeah, that's no, been awesome. Yeah, awesome, mate. Look we'll we'll probably jump onto it later. I wish this career was for the Waratahs, mate, not the Brumbies, but um Look, we'll, we'll jump into some of the questions. I think one of the pressing things, obviously, at the moment is, like, how are you feeling after your concussion? Um, mate, really good. Um, so what I've done so far was um, I've had, a like, a light bike to start off with um, yep. and then an intensive bike, um, a light run, and then an intense run today with a, with a really good lift, you know. So um, I think, like, what, what we've seen now is that, um, you know, World Rugby are – you know, really coming down hard on concussion. And um, I think from a player's perspective, it's all for our welfare. So that's what we've got to really yeah. understand. It's it's um, it's there for us and not during our career, but more so post-career as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think, I think for me, like I've had quite a few now, um, you know, and I think the way that I always address them is making sure that I'm honest with my symptoms, but um, ticking along the boxes, you know, along the way, you know, so just doing what I can to get back and um, yep. if I'm symptom-free, then I'm good to go, you know, so that's all the things that I can go off. Yep. It's uh, the framework of concussion and the return to play is obviously constantly changing. Can you give a bit of an idea of what the step-by-step step process is for fans listening to the pod in terms of what's actually involved and then in particular, the the last change I find the most confusing, confusing which was looking at the immediate stand down if you've had a past history of concussion within three, six, 12 months, whatever it is? Yeah, so I think before, like, we used to rush this process to try and get back for the next game. It was only a seven-day 
um, you know, process there. Um, and then that used to be like a light bike um, into a light run and then into a team session and then play, you know. But now they've stretched that over 12 days, you know, so we can really take the first week, you can just um, be light on in terms of what you do physically and then kind of hit it pretty hard if you're, if you're feeling good the following week, you know. So I think that just gives um, obviously more time for your brain to recover. Um, and that's probably all the research that, um, you know, that they've done in the past um, in that sense. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think a part of me thinks, you know, like now, you know, when you get concussed, you think, oh, I'm, well, I'm missing all um, next week, you know, instead of instead of trying to think why why that's there in the first place. It's to, it's there for our welfare, you know, as players. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and, and and that's something that we've got to really appreciate. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, like as a as a fan of the game, mate, we've we've all got to understand that as well, right? You you guys are people. You have families. You have got futures, and and that's the most important thing here. You're not you're not a product. You're a, you're an actual human being, and that's you know a good thing about having these pods and actually talking about this stuff. But for for the people listening, you know, we're talking. You, you're saying those steps we go through, or you go through before you can return. You're just looking for symptoms, right? So if any symptom pops up, you get any headaches, anything like that, you go back to the start, or how's that working yeah you would yeah you would yeah. go back to the start or you probably get a little bit more time off um yeah. you know so what they see is that if you've had um a number of concussions in the in the short space of time then they're saying that any light knock you can it can rock you so that's why they have brought forward that that long stand there period of what you're talking about the area and yeah. like that, that that's mainly if you've had concussions all close together um to try and give your brain a like a longer period of time to recover so that um, you know, you almost become immune to that, to that yeah. contact and, and, and to those tackles, you know? So, um, yeah, a couple of, uh, yeah, one, one, one bloke's been on it now at the moment, um, in our squad and he's actually coming back now, um, the same time as me. So that's, it's like really awesome to see, um, him coming back and, um, yeah, yeah you can kind of almost spend a lot of time thinking about it as well and, uh, which is all part of the process, you know, like kind of overthinking it. But, um, you know, the way I think about it is being honest with the symptoms um, and then gradually progressing and ticking off all the boxes. I mean, obviously, as you said, it's something you guys actually think about, especially when you're, you know, you're actually going through that process yourself. Does it change how players are approaching the game or, you know, what, what you sort of do on the field? Or is it just about being honest, working as hard as you can, and it's all about honesty around that? Yeah, I think it's a it's a bit of both. Like, there's a a lot of technique involved, obviously. And I think from from my end, like I've had the same one tackling from the same side in the exact same yeah. technique of tackle. You know, so okay. I've come in from the side and I've hit him at hip height. You know, and it's funny that they brought in that rule um, overseas around tackling below the waist. You know, because all nearly eighty percent of my concussions have have come from waist high tackles, you know? So, yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going through the process now talking to our defence coach and um, around different techniques that I can use just coming from that side. Um, but then there's other perspective, like sometimes that's just a game, like, yeah. like the, the one last weekend, which is unfortunate, you know? So um, I think every, every time now like I approach the game, I don't change the way I play. So it's more about understanding yeah. um, that when I'm ready to come back, I understand that I'm just going to, there is a chance of something happening, you know, again, you know, just because of the way that I play. So, yeah, um, yeah but I definitely, like certainly some some players out there will, will think, 
we'll, we'll think quite a lot, you know, like your family perspective comes in, your future comes in. Um, there's so much outside noise that you think about, you know, when you've got a lot of time off and especially if you have consecutive injuries and especially around concussions, um, yeah. you know, so I think mental health there is important as well. Definitely. It's, um, it's obviously a pretty serious topic, but on the, the flip side of the serious side of it, Nelson and I have come up with a bit of a conspiracy theory for this week as well with your concussion in this particular time. We mentioned at the top of the pod that you've got 115 Brumbies caps and your coach, Stephen Larkham, has 116. Is there any truth behind the rumours saying that he's purposely stood you down so you can't actually draw a level with him and eventually miss <laughs> him in the uh, 100 club for the Brums? No, nah, no. Nah, I remember um, we had to go to a promo um, and we, me and him were riding in the same car and it was just kind of that moment of who's going to take the front seat, you know, then. He had he had a, he had arrived to the car and was like, yeah, well, once you get a hundred caps, mate, like test caps, you can come sit in the front seat. <laughs> 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 oh, no, fair enough. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's been awesome having him back, mate. He's been really good for us. Yeah, look, I mean, we're we're all big fans to hear he's back. <clears throat> he's a, an exciting player in his in his own, obviously, right over a long long career in in the Brumbies in Australia and um. It's good to see him back in Australian rugby. I, I think a question from one of the guys um, we were chatting to, uh, one of our mates actually, he's saying, "What's the main difference as a coach? Is what sort of you know coaches he is, um, Bernie compared to McKellar? What's that sort of main difference between the two of them?" Um, I think the biggest difference is that he's yeah he's just a like a calmer personality. Yeah, he's just like. You know, they talk about being cool, calm, and connected. Like that's like that's Bernie. You know, and I think that's probably the experience that he's had over in Munster as well, and the way that he's he's um, grown in that yeah. in that head coach role. Yeah, um, it's been awesome having him back. But he's come in, and I think over the preseason and throughout January, um, he didn't he didn't change much in the program because what he yeah. understood was that um, it wasn't a broken program. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, we didn't win the final. You know, we haven't won Super Rugby. So there were still gaps where where we were missing. And that was, yeah. um, he spent a lot of his time trying to ID that um, over New, over November, over, over December. And when the Wallaby boys came back as well, had those yeah. communications and connections there to make sure that where he added his value, was, um, you know, it, it was, was going to be most influential for everyone. Um and I think that was also him trying to, um, you know, get respect from the coaches as well, and try and get yeah. an understanding of, um, yeah, the way that they've been coaching in the past, you know, not and and, and not wanting to change too much. So you, um, he's been he's he's been really good for us. Can you sort of touch on any of the stuff that maybe he's highlighted, or is it sort of too too sensitive stuff to put out there? Like what no, what I stuff can like, change? I think from it, it's just different when you have like a past player as a, as a head coach and one that's um, lived and breathed, like he's, he's a Brumbies legend, you know, yeah. and, and, and a Wallaby legend as well, you know, and um, like when he, when he says things, you know, it, it hits home, you know, like for the boys. Um, he talks, he's been talking a lot about um, staying present and staying in the moment and um, having a, having an off switch. So then when, when, when you're around the meeting space or, 
walking around HQ, you're just acting like your normal self off the field, but then having that ability to turn turn that on straight away. And that's probably something that we haven't um, really nailed in the past. We've always yeah. kind of, once you walk in the building, you've been on nearly the whole day and it's so hard to maintain, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're trying to get that understanding now of, of how that looks, but he's, he's brought that in from the start. Um, yeah, cool. You know, staying present, staying in the moment. And I think when boys is asking questions about the game and how he used to, um, you know, approach games, um, like that's awesome, you know, coming from his perspective as well. Yeah. He was uh he was obviously your first Brumbies coach. I think he was there twenty fourteen to twenty seventeen before he obviously joined the Wallabies and then went overseas. Are there obvious key differences as a player, particularly in the leadership group, in terms of how he goes about his work or kind of how he sets up his his maybe not his programs given you said there's there's not big changes, but maybe how he's looking at the game tactically or anything like that? Well, the, I said the, I said to him um, the other day like when he first came back. Um, I think someone had asked me. I was sitting next to him, like, uh, like has, has he changed since when you first in twenty fourteen? And I was like, mate, to be honest, like, I was just one of the young lads coming through, and you know, he just wanted to get a crack. You know, I was I hardly had any time talking to him because that wasn't really my job. You know, it was hmm. just I was getting the feedback from leaders and. Um, and now, like when he's come back, it's, it's actually, you know, for him, he was like, yeah, like I, I saw you in your first camp, you know, as a, as like a, on, on a rookie contract, and now you're the captain, you know. So, yeah, I think that's been the biggest change, like going from um, having little conversation with him um, to then now speaking to him nearly every day, you know, and asking him about the program and, um, you know, where 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 we need to be better. Um, you know, for the following week. Um, but I've always heard that he was he was quite tough to talk to at the start. And I was like, oh, I, I don't know what that meant, you know, but he's actually been pretty good. You know, so. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, it's just good to have him back, mate, as a, as a fan perspective and I'm sure as a player. But look, one of the big things um, that's come out of, you know, recent years as well that you've signed on until 2027, did, did you get temptations to look offshore? Did you... Was it the pool of the Lions or in, in the World Cup or, or what kept you here? Well, for sure there was temptation. You know, there was always, um, you know, like, um, yeah, I'm always looking at opportunity overseas. And I'm like, my brother's over there in Ireland, in Leinster, and he's, he's been over there in Christchurch. So he's done the move a couple of times and he, he couldn't speak highly enough of... Um, of his journey, but maybe because he's gone to two world class teams, you know, so it's easy for him to say that's all good because he's winning. <laughs> but his family enjoy it, like like being so far away from home. But um, yeah, his wife and 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 the two boys are healthy, and and I really lent on him um, when I was thinking about possibly going overseas. Um, but then, like when the opportunity came to stay, because I wasn't sure where. I sat here, you know, it was, but then when yeah. the opportunity came to stay and to stay for long, then, um, it was always my, it, it was always my first preference. You know, one to be here at the Brums. Um, like I love Canberra and love the Brumbies and the first club to give me my opportunity, you know? So, um, <clears throat> and then from a one eye on the Wallaby level, you got World Cup this year and then the Lions, like the Lions tours, something that, you know, like you, you dream of playing, you know, and, I did the maths when I first came through and I was like, no, I don't think I'll be around for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but still, 
but still ticking along, you know. And that's something that, like, as, as a kid, you know, like we, who who loves rugby, you just dream about being a part of, you know. So like that was huge. And then, and then a home World Cup, like that's uh, that's um unreal as well, mate. So I think yeah, to to have that option to stay, like it was a it was a no brainer for me, man. Yep. You um you obviously mentioned your brother who. Probably most notably the Kansas Super Rugby spent a long time over with the Crusaders. Um, you've also got Jack Deb, who's just joined back again this year at the Brumbies camp, and he was over with the Chiefs a couple of years ago. Do you get much or do you have many discussions with the guys that have been in these really successful Kiwi clubs about how their programs run, what their training looks like, and how it differs from some of the Australian sides? I think that's the benefit of you know, being Mike's brother, like he's been a part of Crusaders. Um, you know, I think he was there and they won five titles. You know, so I was, I'm, I'm always like, I was, I was always calling him and asking him what his program was like. I think it was more so when I became a leader here, um, and then I just started to try and compare the two and what they did in comparison to what we were doing. And now he's over at Leinster. Um, which is a, a world class program and, and, and a team. And I'm constantly now asking him about what they're doing, you know, and, and, and their approach throughout the day to day and um, their week. So I think that's been, I think that's been huge, man. It's been huge just to, like, he, I just, I don't like sitting in this bubble here and thinking that everything's, you know, sweet, you know, and thinking that, oh, yeah, what we're doing is working. It's always good to, have access to people like that, you know. I'm just, I'm, I'm just lucky that he's my brother, you know. So, someone that I text every day and that I call for for ages, you know. So, we got a couple of uh, scrum questions from some uh, couple of fans of Super Rugby and yourself. Uh, first one is from Rev at Rugby Fixation, who does a, a great podcast of his own as well. But he's asked you, what difference does do you find between having either Frost? Neville or Swain pushing from behind you in a scrum and how much of a difference does it make in a match when your tight headlock actually changes mid-game as well? Um, yeah, I think the biggest difference, well, I can only comment on um, Nev and Frosty because they're pack at tight head, but Nev is just your typical tight head lock. Like he's just yeah. a, he loves set piece. He loves scrum. He loves line out, loves more. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just just generally brings that energy, you know. So he's just he's just built for set piece. So every time I turn around in the scrum, he's just got his angry face on. He's yelling at me, you know, <laughs> you know to get him up for a scrum. Um, and then hits rucks hard. You know, he's probably like around the field. He's probably not as gifted as Frosty. Like he's a he's an athlete, you know, and mm. he's still still young too. And he's been killing it the the last two rounds for us. So it'd be awesome to see how he goes. Um, he's a bit lighter than. Um, Nev in terms of the scrum um, um, but he's strong you know so like Nev just locks down that tight head side so it's awesome to have like a like a like a big lock behind you you know and I've packed with Frosty in, um, the last couple of years too so he's been he's been awesome as well when they shift that at um, half time or after that like it's um, when the, at the start I was used to Nev because we packed together for a few years but then um, I was trying to work that combination with Frost, um, and and that transition was pretty hard. But um, mate, we're good now, you know. So, but no matter who you had there, either Neville Frost, mate, it's 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 awesome, man. And and they both understand like their job, like 
the most important person in this film is a tight end, and the second most important <laughs> is the tight end lock. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> um, like another question we had that was based around that from one of the one of the fans was Nick Wilson. Uh, he said he would love to know who your favorite tight head lock that you've had packed behind him. A pack behind you over your career is. Oh, if there is, I mean, you, you're just yeah, rattling I off yourself, really, at the moment. Yeah, who've come down to Canberra? So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, mate, to be honest, like Sam Sam Carter, like he's uh, he he is huge. Like I was with him throughout my whole starting career yeah. at Brums, um, and I I had no idea. Like I'm still learning my way at scrum. You know, like I'm getting my head shoved up my ass. Like I'm getting popped but he's so solid behind me and I didn't actually realise that until he left when he yep. went over to Ireland and I was like wow like I didn't understand how much like how how good it was to have him behind me you know and um, he was probably yeah he, he's probably been the best between him and Mev like they're yeah. like they're just big bodies man that, that like genuinely loves that piece you know so you can't get more than that like Old school boys, you know. Yeah, Make, making your job easy. Old school toughness. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't make them. Some of the younger lads have to turn around and give them one to get up. You know, instead of worrying yeah. about getting on the big screen scoring tries. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We won't tell Frosty said that. Um, <laughs> look, another thing, like you, you previously stated, you were gutted for Rens for for Rennie uh, with everything that happened. Obviously, that's been pretty pretty topical in, in, in the news. Is there anything that comes to mind as maybe a key change on how he influenced how you play rugby or how you approach or, or view other teams or um, what, what was that sort of lasting thing from him? Um, I think the thing with Renz, mate, he was just, he was so optimistic with how he thought about the game. You know, like he is, I remember there was one clip where he was saying, well, we're in our like 22 yeah. And we we're trying to find a way to exit. And he was just thinking, well, like the cross kicks on. And we were like, parked in front of our try line. And I was thinking, well, surely you just want to kick it out into the stadium or something, you know? Yeah, he was like, a line Yeah, he was like, yeah, you can. Uh, you probably get pressure from this block, but there's opportunity there just to cross kick, you know, and the winger can catch it and then kick it downfield. And I was thinking, <laughs> oh, there is. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, there is, you know. But, like, the risk factor is huge, you know. So, he's, like, he's always – I think that was the best thing that he brought in. He just gave us um, different eyes to the game, you know. And skillfully, like, he had a lot of drills that he had at training to yeah. make us confident to pull that off, you know, in the yeah. game. Um, you know, but, yeah, I think that was the best thing. And he was just a really good man off the field, you know, like he's approachable to everyone. I remember when we have meals in camp, like he just gets a plate and sits around different blokes and yeah. um, sits around different tables and generally wants to get to know the individual. Um, yeah. And I think that was one of his best traits as well. So. Awesome. Yeah. Um, moving on to, I guess, the different roles that you have between the Brumbies and the Wallabies. Um, as a tight head prop, do you have a similar kind of role in those two teams? Obviously, there's some crossover with the coaches with Dan McKellar between the two sides, or do your roles differ massively between different sides? Um, no, nah, mate, it's 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 pretty simple, man. Like it's like our, as a tight end, mate, you just 
want to dominate scrum and be physical around the park. Yeah, like that's the basis of the game. Yeah, so, um, and that's something that was you know, I learned from like Palms. You know, who's who's been involved in Brums, but also has been involved in the Wallabies as well. Um, so yeah, in terms of both both Wallaby and, and Brums, yeah, like it's, it's just the same game for me. It's just trying to trying to be at my best, but deliver that set piece dominance and then that physicality around the field. A few people have voiced that I think Dan Palmer is probably the best scrum coach in the world. I think that's what I've been been hearing. Um, is there any chats? Is he turn up around training? Is there, are you giving him a call? Do you know anything about that? Oh, absolutely, mate. He gave me absolutely nothing. So I was like, oh. Um, he's like, mate, I focused on the brown. I was like, oh, my come on. You're talking to me. You're not talking to the a reporter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, mate, um, yeah, if I'm honest, mate, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, he's... Uh, he, he is world class, and I think like I've only had really him and another one, and I think I've been really lucky. Like he's he was a huge reason to why I've stayed at the Browns for a long period yeah. of time. You know, it's because I knew that I was only going to grow and, and and get better yeah. having him around. You know, so he's just a, he's attention to detail, mate. He's just it's just unreal, and obviously being a tight end prop himself, he knows what it's like to put his head in the space. You know, so yeah, yeah. Um, Mate, he's been really good. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if that did come up. Yep. Have you uh, – you said before that you've been talking to Eddie Jones a little bit recently. Um, I understand that you probably have to be a bit careful with your answer so he still wants to pick you. But there's a lot of talk always about Eddie that um, he's a very intense character. Do you, do you get yeah. that sense from him in your early chats? Or do you get more of what the uh, the Pommy players have been saying, that he's that same very personable bloke that maybe doesn't show the same intensity that he did back in his first in, in Australia? Yeah, I think I'm getting that vibe that the that the English players are saying. You know, he's been... Uh, uh, well, that was, like, probably my own thoughts. I was putting in my head right at the start before I met him. I was like, oh, yeah, this is going to be pretty full on. I don't know what to expect, you know. And, um, like, he was just... He was just a really good guy, eh? Like, he's just re- re- really approachable as well. Um, yeah. Like, seemed real calm and, um, yeah, I think our, our first chat, yeah, just wanted to have a joke around and then get, get to know my family and my upbringing, um, you know? So that was the pretty much the only chat we've had um, since then. But, yeah, it was just one just to get to know each other. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure that he has that other side, which I know he does. Uh, which we probably bring out closer to the test. You just got to stay on his good side, mate. It, it sounds like he's he doesn't suffer fools, but he makes fools suffer. You know, like if you're working hard and you're you're being honest, he, he seems like the guy that's gonna you know give you everything he's got. But if you're shirking on stuff, you probably can get on his wrong side. Is that? Do you think that's correct? Yeah, I think that's correct. But again, mate, I'm just I'm gonna have to do it, and then and then where to see you know if, if given that yeah. opportunity, you might, but. Yeah, that's the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. What about um, Slips? You're obviously playing with James Slipper at the Brums and the Wallabies. Uh, he's been captain in the Wallabies for a little while as well. Can you give us a bit of an insight into his leadership style? Um, yeah, he's like he's um, like one of the hardest players I've played with in terms of toughness on the field. Um, yeah, the way he leads predominantly is just through his actions. You know, someone who knows what his body needs throughout the week in terms of preparation and then rips in 
on on game day, you know, and the, the boys look at them and really look up to people like that, you yeah. know, who are authentic, you know, and genuinely care about the person before the player, um, yeah. you know, and that's what Slips has, you know. So I think I've been very lucky to have him at Brahms, like, over the last few years. Um, I think he moved over in 2019. Um but like I've always seen him as a leader, you know. I looked up to him when I was coming in, um, into Super Rugby, you know. And now to have him here at the Browns, like I'm constantly like asking him questions on what he thinks on different things, um, you know. And we kind of just work together in that space. And if he feels like he needs to say something or do something, he just does it, you know, because we have that trust and that connection, you know. And the boys like respect him on that, on that level too, from from what he's done and the way that he's led, you know. So. I think it's awesome been having him here at Brahms and like it was no surprise he got the gig with the Wallabies. Yeah. You know, he has a lot of respect from from everyone in the team, staff included. Um like he's hundred plus test veteran, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Um he's been around quite a while. I think this might actually be his fourth World Cup if he goes, I think it is. I'm really showing his age yeah. now, but yeah, he's uh, yeah. <laughs> That's what yeah, yeah, but I'm like, yeah, like his first year, I'm pretty sure he, yeah, he was straight into test footy, um, you know, yeah. so my yeah, experience, he, um, experience is invaluable, mate, so he's, uh, he, he's awesome. The last few weeks, he seems to have added a bit of a pilfer and been even more solid over the ball and stuff, getting better and better, but speaking about, like, between him, yourself, and then you see Taniela Tupo, who's obviously a lot more kind of ball in hand stuff as well, and, and been building the scrummaging more and more. How do you think fans should be judging tight heads or props in general? Like, do we overemphasize things like big runs, offloads, big hits, that sort of stuff? Is there certain things that you you reckon fans need to appreciate more, understand more about that role, and and how to witness it? Yeah, mate, it's hard, you know, because. Like, whenever Nella touches the ball, it could be less than what, say, I do. Mm. But, mate, he's, his ball carriers are dominant. You know, he's breaking mm. tackles. He's got post, post-contact meters, scoring tries. Yeah, so in terms of um, quality efforts, mate, he's, he's unreal, mate. And probably something that we haven't had in Australian rugby ever, you know. And, mm. like, yeah. he does big shots every now and then, you know, like a game, you know. So that's... Um, you know, awesome for us as well, you know. But and then in terms of the scrum, mate, he's uh, he's almost like if he wants to turn that on, he can he can turn it on and get it tidy. No, seriously, and yeah. like that's where he's at, you know, in terms of strength and flexibility wise, mate. He's uh, he's a beast. Um, you know, but yeah, I don't know, like the the way that yeah, I I, I base my game is, is is pretty much around set piece and then work ethic. You know, yep. so, um, yeah, yeah, all, all, all the stuff that people don't genuinely see unless you're like a like a, a rugby badman, you know, who understands the game. Um, but mate, like, yeah, to be honest, like, yeah, the way that Nella carries me is he's a beast, you know, so you want to give him the ball, you know, you, yeah. you want those guys to be touching the ball close to the line because you know you're going to get a try, you know, so, um, he's, he's unreal and it's good for him to, Block that away now and, and, and be here to the lines as well. I um I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not a prop and I've never been in a scrum. <laughs> um, you mentioned before that there's a the big advantage of Dan Palmer being an ex-prop 
actually teaching you, you so many skills through scrummaging. Can you kind of try and describe to someone like myself, and I'm, I'll put Nelson in with me as well, what's it like being in the front row of an international scrum as an actual experience and what you and what you feel and what you go through? And then also from your point of view, when you go into that space, is it just push as hard as you can or is there a lot more practical effort that's going into it, a lot more mind games? You know, what's the balance of that as well? Yeah, I think it's like um, the easiest way to put it is probably like a, a max squat, you know, yeah. but you want to be in the perfect position to deliver that technique, you know, and that's all like the setup, the crouch, the bind, like that, that sequence there, you want to put yourself in the best position to be able to max squat, which is the which is the set call, which is when you engage, yeah. you know, so um yeah, there's a bit of mind games like you like there's a bit of a setup, your alignment, you know, you're 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 constantly doing review, but it's purely around knowing what your best setup, knowing what your best setup is, and how you're going to try and get that, you know. So you so you're doing that through the footage first, um, before you come and step on the field, and then you're looking at the pictures there. Um, there's a few headbutts that go on, you know, and and you're sending pressure in uh, different ways. Um, you yeah. know, just in terms of like, um, it just depending on who, who you're going up against, you know, but you want to try and create your own space, yeah, so you can have that max lift, you know, so you're coming out of the scrum in your first few seconds, you're trying to catch your breath back because, um, I normally hold my breath for the whole duration of the scrum, you know, it's just constantly yeah. turning everything on, you know, so, yeah. um, you know, once, once you switch off for a second, it's enough to, for a collapsed scrum or for your scrum to go backwards, you know, so. You're talking about like you're picking different angles and, and maybe pressuring different shoulders, different things like that. Um, it, I don't know, like it's not an analogy I've ever really thought of, but it's kind of like maybe you're a spin bowler and you're trying to make them, lull them into a sense it's coming in a certain way and then you, you're changing your angles or is it like this is where the hole is, this is where they're weak, I'm going to keep hitting that thing, driving that thing home? Is it like that sort of in-depth mindset? Yeah, I think for for us, like we, well, like we all, all we want to do is just stay parallel to the sideline. Like we yeah. we just want to stay square because now we see refs like they just fifty fifty yeah. for them. Like it's a it's a gamble, you know. But if they're seeing us stay parallel to the sideline, then they're probably like, yeah, you can't, you're going to get awarded the penalty. They give two at like a forty five degree angle. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> where the, the spider cam doesn't help me, my my big mate. Um, but yeah, like he's um, but yeah, but I think it's all. So like when we do the review, like we're asking, well, what's going to pull us out of line? You know, so yeah. if we're trying to go straight, what's going to pull us out of line? Who's the who's their strength? Is it their loose head? Is it their tight head? Um, and then we come up with all our we we problem solve on the run on what we're going to expect. Um, so then this this is where we go with the plan. We will hit it, and if we if it's working, we we'll just keep hitting it. You know, but we've already problem solved at the start of the week, knowing this may happen or this may happen. If that happens, this is what we're going to do. If this happens, this is what we're yeah. going to do. You know, but um, mate, if the same thing's working from the first round, like there's no reason to change that. You know, you just keep hitting yeah, that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we had a question from uh, Damien Chan asking which country that you've gone up against as the best scrum. Oh, probably have to be South Africa. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah, I feel I had to play eighty the the one in Sydney and like mate, that was 
yeah, probably one of the hardest games physically. Ball and play time, there was not much at all. Like it was, <laughs> uh, probably probably less than twenty minutes, but there were so many scrums and 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 so many more mate. Like they're um, technically, yeah, like they're um, probably not the best in comparison to like the All Blacks or something. But physically and strength wise, like they're probably top of the chain there. You know, and oh. that's one of their strengths. It's something that they always go to to win them the game and or swing momentum. You know, yeah. I've got um, one last question on the scrums. Like we've seen some of these new innovations with the rules in Super Rugby. You've had a couple couple of weeks of it. Um, you know, you had to get your thirty seconds to get to the scrum. Is that really pushing you guys to get there quick to set quick? Is it changing your preparation at all? Um, no, because like we've we've done that in the past. I think the average last year was probably just below thirty. You know, so when we when we we're doing it in the trials and then in round one, and it just felt normal. You know, so. Yeah. As long as it said you didn't have 30, I mean, as, as long as it didn't say, yeah, 30 seconds to engage. So yeah. from when the when the call was made, you have to you have to engage in 30 seconds, then that's probably pushing yeah. it a bit in terms of um, just our safety and making sure that, you know, our technique's right. But it's, it's 30 seconds to get to the mark, which I think is plenty of time to be able yeah. to set a good scrum, get the ball out, and everyone's safe, you know, sure. so... It's it's been good feedback so far, and I think a lot of people have said that it's it's sped up the game, you know, over the first couple of weeks. So that's great feedback. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Sally on uh, Twitter also asked, "Do you have any kind of tips, hints, tricks, or just advice you'd give to young tight head props coming through?" Um, yeah, I think the way that I always go through is to understand where the pressure is coming from. So if you're um, if pressure's coming from their tight end or coming from their loose end, you always got to go against it. So um, to do that for a young tight end, you got to get big and strong. You know, you got to be flexible to get in that position. You know, so um, constantly keep chipping away in the gym. Um, you know, and get massive there. Work on your flexibility so you can be caught in different positions but be able to work out of them. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's been beneficial for. Uh, for for blokes who are a lot more flexible than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know if you intended to at the, at the start of this podcast when we were preparing. You you pretty much confirmed you think Mike was a, a better player than you, your, your brother, Mickey Eliada. He's, like, no, 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 he's been in he, he's been in great teams. That's all I. Ah, oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> how much of a rivalry is there between you boys? Is on, there a rivalry on, on and off the field? Yeah, yeah. Oh nah, there's not much. Like I've, I remember the very first time we we played, it actually felt really weird. Like yeah, we had a we had a whole family there. Um, and my mum couldn't watch the game though. So everyone that came, my mum was like, nah, I'm not watching it. Yeah. Um, but we've always we've always grown up, and I've always just looked up to him, you know. So I always go to him for advice. Um, and I used to always like when I was younger, try and do things better than him. You know, but when it came to versing him on the stage, it was yeah, it's just a little bit weird. Like uh, we told each other like the night before that, yeah, like our our old man was said like, "There's no friends on the field." You know, so once you once you cross the white line, like it's it's on. You know, so it's he was saying the like even like the closer they are to you, the more that you want to hurt them. You know, because that's just you getting their respect. You know, yeah. Yeah, I was, and I was getting cheated up, you know, but um, it was just, yeah. Uh, so we went pretty hard. I ran at him a few times and 
didn't end up on the and ended up the wrong side of those, you know. But like I wasn't gonna take that opportunity. Like I saw him standing right there, so I asked for the boy I mean, just I did a step nothing. He just ran yeah, straight yeah. at it. <laughs> um but I was worried about the scrum because I was back in a loose there, so I was like, nah, I just wanna get him. I just wanna get him yeah. set piece. Um but yeah. At the end of the day he gets the laugh last laugh because he, he beat me every time, you know. So I didn't get one win over him. Well, hopefully you guys get to play Samoa then, and you can you can have a bit of an advantage there. Oh, I missed that game too. Twenty nineteen, he's debut. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I missed that game as well. You know, but that was like awesome to see him debut there. I'm sure. I'm sure the Wallabies hopefully will have a game against Samoa in the in the next few years. Yeah, hopefully yeah. near future. We got four fan questions to finish off. Thank you for all your time so far. Uh, the first one is from at Super Rebels Rugby. He said, how can fans support players and make them feel comfortable and happy when interacting both in person and online? Um, I think it's just about <clears throat> uh, being yourself, you know, like I think now without COVID, it's been awesome. Like, yeah. like we've been able to go and connect with fans after the game. Like we actually generally haven't been able to do that the last few years. Yeah. I think what we've been doing now, now, like I think we're allowed, like fans are allowed to come on the field after the game, um, you know, and that's and that's awesome as well. Like it's just yeah. awesome for for us to be able to connect with the fans again because that's something that we want to continue to build, you know, and grow, you know. But yeah, for a fan, if they're asking like, what they what do they need to do when they come up to the player, mate, it's just got to be themselves, you know, and really take the moment. Like if you think you should, I go or not take it. Because uh, you never yeah. know when you get that opportunity again. Yep, love it. Yeah, for sure. Um, another question we had from Mike McGee at Nam Track, and he goes, "What's your nickname? Do you have a nickname?" Oh uh, yeah, it's Big Al. Big Al. I've had that since school. We got Big Al's pizzas around from the corner from us, and it is good pizza. So that's a compliment, mate. Yeah, that's definitely yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, obviously you get the family size. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <It's- laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's um it's well publicised. You know, you've, you there, I feel like there was a whole article dedicated to the fact that you love KFC. Uh, Nick yeah, Wilson, he got he got me good now. <laughs> Nick Wilson has asked uh, if you're considering a move to the Melbourne Rebels now that they've been announced. KFC is a major sponsor for them. <laughs> I heard that actually. Yeah. I heard that the other week and I asked the boys like, what they got and they said they haven't got anything yet. So I was like, oh, well. Mate, but that would have been unreal because they, cause they sponsored um, Crusaders as well, I think. And Mike, Mike said that they only got chicken at the at the end of the season. You know? What? And, like, and, and, and um, after, after some games. Um, but yeah, sure they used you... to get a, few, a whole truck delivery like after the after the whole season. You know, so like, I was like, oh, geez, that would have been Surely everyone gets the family so, box back in the change room. I, I was going to say, if you get post-game KFC, you're saying there's a chance you'd end up in Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe come to the Tars, I'll buy you the KFC after every month. <laughs> mate, the KFC is, mate, is perfect. Like the, all, everyone there knows me, mate. So it's all good. Yeah. Gold we, we've got one last question here. I think this is, this is a good one. It's um, You might you might know this guy. It's M. Tamua, Matt Tamua. Why didn't he invite me oh to his wedding? Oh my <laughs> What's he doing? What's he doing even tuning into this? Uh, <laughs> no, he's probably not tuning he in. He already knows. He already knows COVID. 
I don't even want to get into that that play. Okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll let him know that it's just because he didn't make a cut. <laughs> I, I think that's it from us. Do you got anything else, Harry? No, that's that's all of it. We're hoping to get some more dirt from you, but uh, we might have timed out. So you're off the hook. That's the last one. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't want to delve too much into pump, but yeah, have, have you can throw some shade back. Time. You feel free to nah, throw some shade. Back. Good. Nah, I actually <laughs> went to his wedding. I actually went to his wedding. Um, in, in December, so tore the yeah. head off it. That was really yeah. good. Yeah, nice man. Well, thanks for giving us this time. Really enjoyed the chat. Um, always do. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you back on the field next week. Is that the plan at the moment? Boys. Next yeah. week, you reckon? Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we're still waiting for um yeah, just a few decisions to be made, but but that's my plan. So good man. You're, you're my fantasy team. So I I'd love to if you want to give me any insights. Get, get back ASAP. <laughs> he's, a, he's a big fan. Just don't pass that, the ball. There's no points for passing. Stop passing. But, just. But that's why that. he was asking if if Tyler Prof need to make breaks and make big tackles. <laughs> yeah, for fantasy they definitely to get do, him mate. more so, to get him more points. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Really appreciate it. Easy, boys. Have a good rest of the year, mate. Big year ahead. Soon. Thanks, mate. Take care, man. All the best tomorrow. Cheers, mate. Sat.